You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Well, good morning, everyone. I'll say hi again to those of you who are listening on the podcast. Glad to have you with us today as we are continuing in this message series, Stick Your Neck Out, Bold Faith, Praise, Gutsy Prayers. We're going to be in the Old Testament today, and we're going to be in the chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 12. So if you want to go in your Bibles there, you can do that. You will find a Riverside app in your app store on your devices. If you want to download the app, we always encourage you to do that. It has all of the latest events and information about what's going on. You can listen to all the old podcasts, and there are live event notes in there for you to follow along. If you're a paper note person, those are in the bulletins. If you want to grab one of those out, follow along there. And if you're a paper Bible person, those are under the chairs in the racks below. So I think we've got all the housekeeping items in place. If you're a guest this morning, uh, you will find in your bulletins there also information about this Connect Group rally and the map on the back. I'll explain that in just a little bit, but that'll kind of give you a little bit of direction. Does anybody need one of the catalogs? Let me just get a quick read of the room here. Everybody get one of these. This is going to be your helpful tool at the end of our time together this morning. I'll make reference to it in the message here uh, as well today. So if you're investigating the claims of Jesus, if you're kind of exploring faith in Christ and not sure about this whole being a Christian, what that means, it means so much more than going to church. It means so much more than doing certain things and not doing other things. It means a relationship with God. There is a personal connectedness that we experience as a follower of Jesus uh, that moves beyond religion. And in this series, we've been, in this year, we've been talking about bold faith. And this series is specifically trying to help us to move past the kinds of prayers that are the bless me prayers that are the be with me prayers. In fact, did you realize this? Every time you say, God, would you just be with me in this situation? Would you just go with us? God can't not be with you. So I'm often reminded as I pray that prayer, when I was growing up, uh, I would hear my father say things like, you know, could you, could you pray something beyond that? God said, I would never leave you. I would never forsake you. So when you pray that, God's response is, yeah, we covered that one a couple thousand years ago. What else you got? Okay, so we're trying to move you beyond the bless my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We're trying to move you beyond the, hey, God, would you please help the Steelers win today? But that's a good prayer to pray today. <laughs> and God, would you please help the Dolphins not to win today? That's an even better, great prayer to pray. That's, you know, but uh, I, that, I, I digress. We're trying to move you beyond shallow praying. And in fact, each one of these messages is basically a two-word prayer that are bold faith, gutsy prayers. Last week, Donnie took us through the search me prayer. And if you have not listened to the podcast from this week, if you weren't here, not a better way to start this year off with. So I encourage you to go back and listen to it. If you want to hear Pastor Bill, he's also on the podcast as well. Both of them from each side are there. Great, great, great content to try to help us to start the year off right. We had communion last weekend as a family. Beautiful, beautiful time together. So search me was last week. Next week, we're going to talk about send me. And then the next week, it'll be break me. I'm going to be preaching that message. I can't wait to break us all. Can't wait to get broken myself. And then in the last weekend, uh, we'll be looking at the whole idea of show me. 
And Bill will be here for that message. So looking forward to these next few weeks. But today, the prayer is sharpen me. In fact, could you say that with me real quickly here? Whether or not you're even a follower of Jesus yet or not, or you're all in tonight, today or not, that's okay. Just maybe you want to play along with us. But could we say that together? One, two, three. Sharpen me. One more time. You guys did really well. Sharpen me. That's the prayer that we're going to try to unpack today. And it comes from one little verse that I'll get to in just a moment. But what I want to try to help you to think about when you think about this whole idea of sharpen me is this process of editing. Now, when I was in junior high and in high school, uh, my mom was my quintessential editor. And even into college, I would send her uh, papers that I was writing, and she loved red ink. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you are blessed slash cursed with the fact that every time you look at something, you can't help but start to edit it? Let me just see your hands real quickly. Okay. I got that passed on to me. It's a curse and a blessing all at the same time. But my mother would often, uh, every time I would get a paper, she would just, you know, it just looked like a bloody mess when the whole thing was over. And I never found that to be helpful. (laughs) I was often discouraged by that and frustrated by that. It wasn't as easy back then to rewrite things like we can today, you know, computers. We had uh, typewriters and we had, um, what was in between the typewriter and the computer? The word processors, that, boy, that was a pain in the rear too. Thank God for computers. It's much easier today. But I would often get those things and I never saw the value in that time period of my life that she would edit those things and she would work through that stuff. But she always, and she, she didn't tell me what to think, uh, but she told me what to think about. And she just wanted the best for me. She just wanted me to be the best, best version of me. She wanted me to do well in school. And so she trained me and she taught me as long, along with my English teachers. But, but I didn't often pay attention in class, but I would have to pay attention to what she put right there in front of me when she would work that over. And then I went on and got into career and got into ministry and started, um, when I came here, started having to write all the blurbs for the bulletins and had to go through that whole process. And then God sent me a whole new array of editors. Their names are Joyce and Denise and my wife, Amy. And they all are in the office and everything that we do gets edited like crazy. You would be amazed at how many rough drafts of a bulletin goes out before. And then there are some of you who have the effect. There's a lady that's passed. Her name was Cree Eves. Uh, I think she was 130 when she passed. She was just the most precious English teacher in Oakmont. Everybody loved, I loved her to death. And I remember the first few years I was here, she knew I really was in charge of editing the bulletin. And she had such a joy it coming to me and saying, you missed the comma right here. She, it was just, she would love to tease me about that. So everything gets edited today that we do. In fact, I want to just show you here uh, this article that you'll find in the book. If you're a couple pages in, this little article right here didn't start like this when it began. In fact, just a few weeks ago, uh, I wrote that myself and um, I sent it to Joyce, and she, she started everything off, and I, she gave it to me in pencil, and I was so excited to share it with you all. I asked her, I gave it back, and I said, could you mark it up in red so they can see it a little bit easier? I wrote this late at night one night, and I was very tired, and I didn't have all my 
faculties. Those are all my caveats as to why there's so much red. But uh, there's just red everywhere. And I'm proud to show you my paper today because it shows you how much editing that I needed in just this simple little article that I wrote for the front of a catalog. Now, what's the difference between those years that I spent where I hated it in junior high, high school, and in college. Why did I hate it then? But now I embrace it, I welcome it, and I want to be edited in this process so much. What changed? And I would submit to you that what changed was simply my perspective. Instead of seeing the editing process as something that I viewed as negative, I now view it as the best way to help me to be better. And my hope is, is that as we look at this sharpen me prayer, that you could see it through the lens of an editing process, that you, that God has a plan. In fact, it says in the scriptures that he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. And God, the author, Jesus Christ, our author, sees what he wants us to become. And he's going to use this prayer, this sharpen me prayer, and people around us to help us to become better to help us to become more full of who God wants us to be and reach the capacity and the the plan that he has for our lives. In your notes, you'll see what the psalmist writes. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. As we walk through this today, I want to ask you very simply, are you editable? Not edible, editable. Are you editable by others? And ultimately, are you editable by God? Are you open to having other people help you to most reflect the character and the nature of Christ in this world, in your workplace, in your home, your marriages, in your friendships, in your parenting, in your grandparenting? Are you open to allowing others and the Holy Spirit to sharpen you, to help you. And what we're going to do for the balance of our time together this morning is we're going to look at one instance where we see this sharpening process maybe at its greatest throughout the pages of Scripture. We're going to look at the life of a guy by the name of David. We started off with his prayer, Psalm 51. He became the king of Israel. He was the second king of Israel. And we're going to look at a guy that was in his life by the name of Nathan. And David and Nathan have an interaction. They have a sharpen me kind of relationship. And the way we're going to walk through this as we see this, a king and a prophet, this will illustrate for us how we edit one another and ultimately one way that God wants to answer the edit me kind of prayer, the sharpen me kind of prayer. Now, what you need to know as we walk through this is that we are on the heels. When we pick it up in the last verse of chapter 11 and the rest of chapter 12, we're coming in on the back end of some of David's absolute darkest days. He has broken just recently in this chapter earlier, in the few chapters ahead of this, he's broken some of the most critical of the Ten Commandments. David was king. His army was off to war. He sees a woman, perhaps you're you're, uh, familiar with the story. What was her name? Help me out. Bathsheba. She was taking a bath and he sees her and he wants her. The problem is, is that she's married. 
And her husband's name is Uriah. And so David calls for her. Uriah's away on the battlefield in war where David should have been doing what he was supposed to be doing and leading the nation, but he was faltering as a good leader, as a godly leader in this moment. He breaks this commandment. He begins to covet. He breaks the 10th commandment. And then he moves into adultery with her. He breaks the seventh commandment. He betrays his friend Uriah. He abuses his power as a king. And ultimately, he breaks the sixth commandment, commits murder, and has Uriah executed on the battlefield. And so into all of this, we pick up the story in verse 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 27. The thing David had done displeased the Lord. You think? (laughs) Interesting summarization of all of that. Yeah, that didn't make God very happy. And so the Lord sent Nathan to David. And Nathan is going to be the sharpening instrument that God chooses to use in this scenario. And the truth is, is that you get dull and I get dull. I get wayward. I make mistakes along the way. I mess up along the way. I get complacent. I get selfish. I start to lose my way. And I need people along the way to sharpen me. And I would submit that you do as well. And so the first thing I want you to see here today is that God wants to send you good editors. Again, what David had done had displeased the Lord. But remember, before we cast a stone at David we've displeased the Lord as well. And God is sending editors every day into our lives. All the time, he sends coaches and parents and teachers and friends, spouses, coworkers, and yes, even your pastor to sharpen you along the way. Anyone coming to mind? Who are the people in your life that help to sharpen you, to help edit you, to help you when you begin to go a little bit astray, when you begin to become a little bit more self-focused and self-centered and selfish, and you begin to become prideful and arrogant, and you begin to take matters into your own hands? Who are the people who love you enough, who care enough to confront? Nathan, interestingly, his name means gift. Nathan provided counsel to David as a trusted advisor. He had advised David, you'll see in the story, he advises David on things like architecture, on music, and even David's succession plan. He talks to him about those things. So he spoke directly to the heart of the king, and he had access because he was already in a valued relationship with David. He had already blessed David by his life. They had already been working to sharpen one another. And without Nathan, David would have continued in his adulterous, murderous behavior. And ultimately, he would have corrupted the royal line, the line that we know today that Jesus comes from. So as we go into this, are you receptive? Are you receptive of a good editor in your life? Because here's what I can tell you. The enemy of your soul desperately wants to send bad editors into your life. 
He wants to distract you. He wants to put bad examples. He wants to put other wayward people in your life to pull you away from the dream and the desire that God has for you. But God wants to send good editors into your life. And so you have to be intentional about paying attention for the people who are truly going to sharpen you and the people who are not going to sharpen you. And instead, they're going to make you duller. They're going to help you to walk away from God. But God wants to send that good gift into your life. And as you're sitting and you're listening for these next few moments, ask yourself this question. Could you be the answer to someone else's sharpen me prayer? Could you be willing to go as a good editor and help somebody else? Not because of how awesome and how holy and righteous you are, but because God has to do a work and he's gonna do it through you and me. But we need to be open. We need to be receptive to not only receiving good editing, but able to offer a good edit to help others, to sharpen them. So as we're walking through this, I want you to see here as Nathan, we're about to watch how Nathan goes into this scenario. And I want to read Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 for you first, because hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later, the Apostle Paul writes to a church in Galatia. He's one of the first followers of Jesus, and he employs what, we, what we're going to see Nathan do. He actually employs the principles that Paul writes about to this early church. Look at it with me in your notes. Dear brothers, if a Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should go and beat them over the head and thrash them verbally and publicly humiliate them. Okay, if the person next to you is asleep, wake them up right now. That's not what it says. You should gently and humbly help him back onto the right path, remembering that the next time it might be who? One of you who is in the wrong. So how do we do this? We do this with gentleness, with respect, with humility. So let's see how this plays out in 2 Samuel chapter 12. We'll begin in verse one. And I've asked Trisha Ritchie to come and to help me today because I've been battling sickness all week long and I have a very, very, very weak voice. Anybody else been sick since the new year? It seems like, like everybody I'm talking to like is facing this constant hacking and coughing. So she's gonna read a couple of texts for me today just to try to help. Trisha is one of our section leaders who oversees all of our connect group leaders, and she's also leading a group this semester. So uh, follow along as she reads 2 Samuel chapter 12, the first four verses there. When he came to him, he said, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had came, come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man, and prepared it for the one who had come to him. Thank you very much. Good editors begin gently. So you want to surround yourself with people who lovingly, gently, and humbly approach you about sin. And if your only edits, if the only edits that you've experienced in this life 
to this point by other people have been harsh and condemning and judgmental and arrogant and proudful and they've come down on you about stuff in, the, in that kind of a way, then you've missed a really good editor. God sends us good editors who begin gently. That's not how a godly editor should seek to restore you. They should not come at you arrogantly and pridefully and harshly. They should come gently, coming as one who has made mistakes as well along the way. Some people want to catch us in our sin. Have you been around those kind of people? They just want to catch you doing wrong. Nathan wanted David, though, to catch himself in his sin. And so those who sharpen us, they don't tell us the truth uh, they, or at least they don't rush to tell us the truth. They help us to do the truth. Big difference. It's all about the posture, the humility of how we interact in these scenarios. And you're not always going to get it right. I don't always get this right. It's very hard. It's very challenging. It's a constant stress and strain to try to get this stuff right. Continuing in verse five, he begins gently. He draws David in, masterfully tells him this story. It says, David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. <laughs> little over the board, all overboard there with the uh, execution of judgment in this scenario. He must pay for that lamb four times over. Now, when David refers to this, it's very interesting. He's actually quoting an Old Testament law from Exodus chapter 22 and verse 1, where it talks about if you, if, if a, a, the retribution that occurs when you've lost an animal. So it was a four times, you have to pay for that four times. Interestingly enough, if you read throughout the rest of this story of the life of David, David is actually going to lose four sons in this process. And so David will actually make this payment himself, even though that's not really what he's, he, he's not fully aware of what's going on here. So he's got to pay for this lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had, say it with me, no pity. Now look at this. David is blind. He's ignorant. He's deceived toward the reality of his own sin, his own dullness in this situation, and his own need of being sharpened. And if you have prayed the search me prayer that we started with last week, if you've prayed that search me prayer and you've already begun asking God, inviting God into the process of helping you identify your sin and increasing your awareness of your need of a good editing. So in verse seven, it continues and says, then David, uh, then Nathan said to David, you demand Sometimes we need people in our lives to say, you demand, you demand, no, no, you demand. Okay, that's awesome and that's great. But in this scenario, when we need a good edit, we need somebody who has the character and the integrity to gently begin by telling us you're the person who needs editing right now. You're in the person who needs to be sharpened in this scenario this is what the Lord God of Israel says. And I love that Nathan comes in this posture of gentleness and humility, and he is coming as one who is speaking on behalf of God. The next thought in your notes is that good editors are godly editors. They're always seeking the author's version. Every time my mother would edit the documents, the papers, she wasn't trying to change what I was writing. She was just trying to improve it. She didn't have it all inside of her as to what I was trying to get to. Same thing with the edits 
of any article or anything I'm writing today, the ladies that help me with on an ongoing basis to edit stuff, they're not trying to rewrite it. They're trying to make it a better version. Well, God actually can rewrite it, but he sees so much further of who he wants you and me to be. And he comes in and he is the grand author who wants to help us. And the people who come to us, these godly editors, they care enough to confront. And if someone is editing you, listen to this. If someone is editing you, be sure that they are speaking on behalf of God and they're emphasizing God's will, God's plan, and God's purpose because that's exactly what Nathan was doing. Nathan was on thin ice coming into the king. You didn't do this to the king. You could be executed for coming in at the wrong moment before the king. David comes in, he's got the relationship and he's gonna speak on behalf of God. Listen to what he says as Tricia comes back and she's gonna read for us verses seven through 12 that help us to see how godly editors challenge us in the moment. I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all of Israel and Judah And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all of Israel. Thanks. Wow. Aren't you glad that God doesn't always treat us like that? He had done this publicly, privately, but God was going to show the nation what it looks like when a person is sharpened publicly so that they could see the seriousness of what David had done. Again, I told you, his four sons eventually die. There's rape, there's incest. His son Absalom, actually his son Absalom actually fulfills that, taking your wives and having intimate moments with them in front of everybody publicly. You read it later on. You should read your Bible. Always read your Bible. There's amazing stuff in there. This is really creepy stuff. Good editors, this next thought is simply good editors are honest and truthful. The editing may begin gently, but eventually it's going to be painful. I wish I could sit up here and tell you that all the edits in my life have been just peaches and roses and it's been easy, but it's not the case. Good editors will confront us about the things that they see that need to be sharpened. Nathan began with the story. He, in, uh, he gets the trust. He earns the trust of David. But at this point, he gives his words to him directly to point out his sin. It's painful, but it's necessary. It's lovingly truthful and truthfully loving. So are you letting the people closest to you who can help you Or are you pushing them away? When they try to sharpen you, when they try to be the answer to this prayer, do you push them away? Or do you let them in to speak honesty and truth into your life? 
Maybe today your first step is to ask God to help you to repair the relationships that have been damaged or broken because of your pride or because of your selfishness, because you wouldn't receive those sharpening conversations. Well, David gives us the quintessential example of how to respond when we're sharpened. Verse 13, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. I've sinned. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I need to be forgiven. That's the response of a person who is praying, sharpen me, who's praying, search me, who's inviting God with bold, gutsy prayers to do a work in their lives. How do you respond to the gift of editing in your life? How do you respond when God is trying to sharpen you? Do you tend to make excuses? Push blame onto everybody else? Do you tend to just try to get away and avoid and not maybe get close to anybody so that you don't really have to be sharpened? Ultimately, that will lead to a life of emptiness and loneliness And when you're in those most difficult situations and circumstances, if you don't have people close enough to you who can help sharpen you, you will be in desperate mode for it. And I'm telling you today, you can head to those tables when we're done and you can begin that process. You can begin to find a group of people this semester that you can get into relationship with to help sharpen them. They can help sharpen you and you can grow together into who God wants us to be. I love David's immediate humility and his repentant heart. In fact, later the scriptures would say that David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he committed adultery and coveted and murdered? No, because when the time came, when the moment came that he was called out on his sin, when the sharpening moment happened, his repentant heart showed who he he really was deep down inside. He acknowledged sin. He took ownership for it, and he asked for forgiveness. And Nathan's reply in verse 13 is, the Lord has taken away your sin. You're not going to die. It's really good news. Good news for David that day. Good news for you and me as well. The Holy Spirit is not here today to condemn you. He is here today to convict us, to challenge us to step up and to receive his forgiveness, to offer ourselves to God. And you may have been living in such a way that you didn't even realize that there was something that you needed to ask God for forgiveness for. Maybe you've never even heard that you can be forgiven by God, that you can be in right relationship with your creator. David shows us the way. He acknowledges that, and because of that, he is forgiven. The prayer that we read at the beginning is David's response. As best as we understand it, that Psalm 51, you can go back and you can read it again. There's such beauty in how he describes his relationship with God and the process of being restored. And Jesus died to take away your sin and mine. That's the ultimate edit in our lives. The ultimate edit 
He paid the way for you to become the best version of you that God had in mind. And again, that opening prayer, he talks about mercy. He talks about compassion and washing and cleansing and the recreating and the renewal of a soul that has been experiencing a sharpening from God. And he restores. Now, it's not to say that there aren't consequences. David reaps what he sows. But it could have been a whole lot worse if David would have just kept on going. And so the thing that I want to take you to and I want to leave you with today, as we've seen this, day, this whole working that's happened inside of David that can happen within you, that has happened and can happen within me, is that we should be connected to godly editors. You need godly editors in your life. Whether or not you know it or not, you truly do. Get connected. Get edited. Takes bold faith to pray this kind of a prayer. But invite godly editors into your life to help you become the author's best version. I don't know what that is, but he does. And that's the really awesome news today. And you don't have to wait to be an adult. Junior hires, senior hires in the room, Nexus for senior high starts tonight. Junior high starts Wednesday night. You can get connected to other students who can help you to sharpen you so that you don't have to go through the pain and the anguish that so many adults go through. You can get it right in your younger years and save yourself a whole lot of heartache in later life. So what's your next step in the editing process? Who has an standing invitation to edit you? Notice in today's text that we read this morning, David doesn't go, hey, Nathan, could you come in? I'm kind of feeling like maybe there might be some sin in my life, and I would really appreciate it if you could maybe tell me a great story to move me emotionally so that I could then respond to what God wants to do in my life. None of that happened. But Nathan felt the freedom under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to go and to help David be sharpened because God called him to that. And the truth is, is that as the family of God, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit sends us to one another to help sharpen us so that we can be all God wants us to be. Interesting. On the other side of your notes, if you want to look at the paper notes there, the back side of the notes today, I often get asked this question, and so I've included some thoughts here various versions, or what are the character traits of someone who will help sharpen you with an editor's heart? You can take a look at that on your own. I'm not going to take time to walk through it this morning. But who are the godly editors in your life? Do they look like that? If you don't have any and you begin to pray and ask God to bring godly editors in your life, that's the kind of people right there that you're looking for. Before we wrap this up, we're going to conclude in prayer today, and then we're going to head to the tables. Before we wrap this up, though, I want to ask you a simple question. If you remember in the story what David ends up naming one of his sons, he ends up naming one of his sons Nathan. And it's through Nathan's line. If you remember on Christmas Eve, we talked about this in the week before Christmas, that Mary's line comes through that eventually results in the Messiah. And I love the fact that you can see in this story that David so appreciated the gift of a Nathan. 
that he gave a thank you to Nathan and said, I'm going to name one of my sons from the guy who helped sharpen me. And eventually we get the Messiah, the one who ultimately sharpens us. And so the person or the people in your life who have most helped to edit you along the way, if they've been helpful, if they've been gentle and respectful and humble, and maybe it's been painful and maybe it's been difficult and you've pushed back and you've kicked and you've screamed and you've cussed at them and you've not wanted to receive what they had to offer, perhaps as you hear that, you could go back to them. I'm not asking you to name a child after them, although you might choose to do that. I'm just asking you to go back and say, thank you. Thank you for calling me out on that. I know I didn't respond well. That wasn't fun. Or maybe it was, maybe you did well, but you could still go back and say, you know what? Thank you for caring enough to confront me. Thank you enough for editing me. I need to be edited and invite them to continue in that relationship. Perhaps some of us, we've got to go have a sharpen me conversation. I'm going to pray that God would help us in those arenas as we wrap this up. I'm going to invite our leaders to head to the tables, and I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Again, this catalog will tell you what group you can find. The first half of the catalog is all about the connect groups. That's the group that you're looking for today. Next week, The send me prayer will be all about contribute. So we'll go into all of that next weekend. This insert on the back side has the map. And so if you're looking for a recovery group or a men's group or a women's group or a parenting group, maybe you're a young adult and you didn't realize we have an entire environment for young adults, 18 to 29. We have a group that meets for you guys. There's Bible studies, groups on finances, groups on spiritual growth, something for nearly everybody. And if you can't find something, come talk with me and we'll start something. I'm going to conclude with Psalm 32, and then we're going to head to the tables. We started with Psalm 51, which describes the brokenness that David finds himself in. We've studied today the sharpen me encounter, but I want you to hear the words of David as he has experienced the forgiveness. This Psalm was written most likely after he had come out of this deepest, darkest time. Listen to these words of a person who has been sharpened and has come out better for it. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, for you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.